Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and yes, I am your host, Rob Watson. Uh, We have a really good show scheduled for you today. We're hoping our guest calls in. We are um, supposed to be talking to director and writer and filmmaker um, Gabrielle Bauer. Um, Gabrielle did, and actually I think she is on our our list now or on our board now. Um, But the film that we're going to be talking about is Glow, and it is an incredible film. It is a portrayal of the intense and tragic story of the postmodern icon Lady Shiva, uh, otherwise known as Irene Staub. Um, Irene was a Swiss um, model, actress, um, personality um, from the 70s and 80s. Um, she had a mystique that really rivaled Marilyn Monroe's. Um, her iconic magnetism um, that also carried uh, with her iconic um, magnetism. She also carried Monroe's predestination for tragedy. Um, her looks, talent, and allure charmed the likes of Mick Jagger, David Bowie, Fellini, Catherine Deneuve, and more. Uh, Fellini, in fact, is cited in the film as remarking, someone who burns that bright dies young. Um, she's kind of reminiscent of the Elton John song, Candle in the Wind. Um, Like I said, she was a model, a singer. She was a muse of designers and artists. Um, And uh, obviously, she made a big impression on uh, Gabrielle, who, using never-before-seen archival footage and interviews, um, put together this magnificent film and this portrait of um, uh, her called Glow. Glow is available right now for streaming. Uh, we'll tell you more about that, and we'll tell you more about Gabrielle in just a few minutes. First, I'm going to go to Brody Levesque and see what is happening in the L.A. Blade and the news of the day. Brody, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, Rob? Been a busy, hectic day. Um well, I, I need to make a footnote here that the Republicans had themselves another debate last night, uh, which saw a return of a lot of transphobia and a lot of LGBTQ hate. But what really has tongues wagging today is a statement made by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, in talking about terrorism and people of uh, Muslim faith and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he started talking about white terrorists, which are basically people that are in man dresses. And I I kid you not, he actually said that, um, which probably immediately started all the phone lines out of Dearborn, Michigan, firing up the box to complain. Man dresses, of course, is, you know, beyond being racist, of course, is horribly transphobic. Uh, And so there's been a lot of discussion about that. Um, There was, a lot of discussion on the stage last night, uh, you know, people slamming uh, gender-affirming health care, uh, including Governor 
uh, Chris Christie, uh, former U.S. excuse me U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, DeSantis himself, and Ramaswamy, who is a tech entrepreneur running, who's a little bit of quite frankly uh, a pistol. Um, as usual, the GOP frontrunner, who's out in front of all these people by about roughly 40 points. Donald Trump was nowhere in evidence. Um, He's, of course, trailed by DeSantis, who has a distant second place behind him, 12% support, and then it just kind of goes down from there. Um, Looking at this, the biggest problem, of course, also is the fact that outside of these uh, candidates and, of course, GOP frontrunner is the Speaker of the U.S. House, uh, Mike Johnson, who, as a former attorney for the Alliance Defending Freedom and some of the other uh, far right wing, you know, anti LGBTQ elements uh, has made it pretty plain uh, that he's going to continue uh, to target uh, the community. So we've got that in terms of politics, which is never really a good thing. Um, however, there are some bright notes. Uh, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Democratic Governor Tony Evers yesterday vetoed a health care bill that was passed uh, by the Republican majority that would essentially ban gender-affirming uh, health care in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, he vetoed it, and the interesting thing about it is there are not enough votes in the state house to override his veto. So for now, uh, gender-affirming uh, care in Wisconsin uh, will absolutely be protected by the governor's uh, veto. I'm going to read what Governor uh, Evers read in his veto message. This type of legislation and the rhetoric be got by pursuing it arms LGBTQ people and kids' mental health, emboldens anti-LGBTQ hate and violence, and threatens the safety and dignity of LGBTQ Wisconsinites. Uh, So the governor is joining in on quite a few other governors who have, in fact, uh, vetoed similar legislation, uh, and in this particular case, at least it is what we would call veto-proof. Um, other kind of big news uh, coming out of Pennsylvania, and i, I got to tell you, Rob, I love this one. So there were two school boards in Pennsylvania that were essentially dominated by the Monster for Liberty, which they've been busy banning books and talking about our kids, and they're just generally just not nice people. Well, in one of those school boards where it was really a contested issue, uh, an incumbent Democrat got a couple more uh, Democrats. They got sworn in. They flipped the board from this far-right, monster liberty Republican book-banning crowd uh, into a Democratic-held majority, and then she was elected school board's president. What was really entertaining about that was when Central Bucks board uh, school board directors uh, had Karen Smith was sworn in. Instead of being sworn in on a traditional Bible, uh, the chair decided to use the stack of books that had been banned by the previous board, which included mostly LGBTQ themes and race. Very prominent among those uh, was the book Flamer, was, which was written by um, a gay illustrator and author, and it tells the story of a character who was bullied at Boy Scouts and, you know, acting in a manner 
consistent with stereotypical gay men and a bunch of other, you know, homophobic slurs. Um, so, yes, that, that book was very prominent. Uh, there were other books in there, including a couple books on race relations that the previous board uh, had banned. So kind of a shout out <laughs> to Karen Smith for getting sworn in on a stack of banned books. I thought that was great. Um, so that was kind of fun. Uh, looking across uh, the country as we start to move through it, in Florida, there's a scandal involving, uh, I'm going back to Monster Liberty again, one of its co-founders, uh, co-founders, I'm sorry, Bridget Ziegler, who is married to Christian Ziegler, who is the current head of the Florida Republican Party. Um, her husband was accused of raping a woman he'd known for 20 years, according to Sarasota Police. And there have been loud calls, including from Governor DeSantis, for his resignation, as well as for his Monster Liberty wife, Bridget, who sits on the Sarasota School Board and also was appointed to the board that replaced Reedy Creek, the Disney property board, by Governor DeSantis. Not only was there the rape allegations, but it comes out in the investigation that the woman that was raped, allegedly raped, by Chairman Ziegler um, and his wife, Bridget, was videotaping in other instances in a menage a trois. Not that there's anything illegal with it. They're consulting adults and that sort of thing. But what everybody's hopping on, and rightly so, is hypocrisy, okay, because Ziegler and his wife, you know, are admitting a sexual relationship with another woman, okay, even though they have publicly opposed and campaigned against the LGBTQ rights in community, okay? And, and, I mean, they've been warriors in the culture war and standing for family values and all these other things, and, yeah. So Cameron Driggers, who's been a guest on our show and, as you know, is one of the brilliant Gen Z uh, activists in the state of Florida, and he's uh, – written a couple op-eds for me at the Los Angeles Blade and also the Washington Blade. Uh, he got together with Jack Petz, who led the walkouts they both did in Florida over Florida's Don't Say Gay Law a couple of years ago. And I, I asked Cameron, you know, what do you think of this? I've got to read you the response because it's really good. The revelations regarding the abusive behavior of Moms for Liberty co-founder Bridget Ziegler and her husband, Kristen Ziegler, chair of the Florida GOP, comes as no surprise to the young people who have faced their reign of terror over the last few years. The fanatically anti-queer culture war raging in Florida is in large part thanks to the Zieglers, who have put young LGBTQ Floridians within the crosshairs of bigotry and targeted legislation. At the same time, they were engaging in a non-traditional lifestyle of their own. The shameful hypocrisy of the Zieglers knows no bounds. If they possess even one sense of decency, Christian and Bridget Ziegler should resign from their positions of power immediately. Today, Rob, the Florida Sun Sentinel, which is one of Florida's major newspapers, in an editorial at the South Florida Sun Sentinel uh, wrote, and their headline was, State GOP chairman and his mom's for three ways wife <laughs> show contempt. This is the editorial board by not resigning. And essentially, the paper called for the resignation. The Orlando Sentinel, the Sarasota Herald Tribune, and the Tampa Bay paper have also joined in the chorus. 
Um, Ziegler, on the other hand, is refusing to resign, and she suddenly has decided that she's going to keep a very low profile. But, you know, also, of course, Monster Liberty is doing all sorts of damage control. But at, at the end of the day, okay, this is what we're looking at. It, it's a hypocrisy factor, and it's a do as I say, not as I do, and we're the moral superior types. And, yeah, at the end of the day, they're just caricatures of humanity. So that's been going on, too. And one last thing before we get to our guest. Um, so I've been keeping track of other things that we've been working on, uh, and there's a couple things that I think is really, really important to note. This is written by the D.C. Blades intern, uh, Cal Ben. Cal uh, wrote a piece that's in this week's Los Angeles Blade, both online and in print. It's called LGBTQ Resort Communities Are Threatened by Climate Change. You know, as you know, Rob, uh, we had a young, straight but allied uh, Oscar Stembridge, who's a climate activist and musician in Sweden. He and Greta Thunberg, of course, have been big advocates for, you know, the crisis. There's a lot of agencies here in the States that are on it. Uh, in Cal's reporting, she talks about the U.N. Uh, annual conference, which is due to take place next week. But in the reality for our community, some of our most popular destinations, Fire Islands in New York, Providence Island in Massachusetts, South Miami Beach, and some of these other places are facing, you know, huge problems, Rehoboth and Delaware, because climate change is causing beach erosion and it's causing other problems. In Aspen, for example, shorter winters and rising temperatures mean that the ski season is virtually going away. So along with everything else, our community is just as impacted as everyone else. And so the push here is to get the LGBTQ community proactively involved in a campaign for climate change and making differences and raising your voice uh, and getting out there. And as Cal pointed out in their piece, you know, we need to address basically local concerns that are climate related, but we also need to address recycling programs. We need to talk about other forms of energy, including solar, and we need to talk about making things that will be a thriving way for the environment. So if our listeners will go to LosAngelesBlade.com, read Cal's piece. They did a great job with it. Uh, and yeah, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, definitely. Climate change is a big issue, and quite frankly, the erosion of Popular beaches is like the least of our worries in terms of climate change with with fires and devastation that 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 um, <laughs> brings with it um, so hopefully uh, anybody who cares about the future at all is already on board and kudos to Oscar for his work um, in doing that and he's 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 a good example of somebody of his generation. Um, speaking out because they're the ones that are going to be more effective than anybody. Um, also, for uh, people who listen to our show, um, just to let you know, there are two articles appearing in the Los Angeles Blade, one on Alaska and my conversation with her, as well as our show from last week, Idman. Um, we did a follow-up article on her as well. Um, so both of those are out there for your reading pleasure. Um, right now, I can't wait to talk to our guest today. Um, the movie Glow is absolutely stunning. It is an absolutely fascinating portrayal 
um, in character study. Um, uh, Gabrielle uh, herself is a respected director, author, and producer. Her film scripts include, and I'm going to use the English names so I don't embarrass myself by trying to say them in a foreign language, Everyday History, Queen of Bed, and Venus Boys. Um, she has received national and international awards for her films and is a member of the European Film Academy, EFA, and the Swiss Film Academy. Additionally, she was co-founder of Onyx Films and On Features Film. And with that, I do want to welcome Gabrielle to the program. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Thank you to for be here. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Oh, great. Yeah, thank you for uh, your invitation. Mm. uh, Our pleasure, and thank you for your film. Um, It was absolutely incredible from beginning to end. Um, Even though it's a documentary, it plays like a dramatic film in itself. Um, What was attracted to you? What attracted you? to uh, Irene Staub as a subject? I think the very first thing which really drew me in were um, archival footages where I saw her, she wanted to become a, a singer. That was her big dream. And she started to sing with an underground band in this time in the 80s. And I saw her singing, and there was this euphoria and this courage because she she had no training, but she just sung with this intensity, and and it really touched me. And this was kind of like getting into it. But then I found out more and more about her, and I must say that I had some prejudices about this kind of blonde bombshell woman and um uh the more i i i learned about her the more i was astonished and i really thought how is this possible that um you know people mostly me included have so much prejudices by just looking at somebody and and she she was looking fabulous as you said before um i don't think she was just like marilyn monroe she was really a known character she created herself out of nothing she came from a poor background and she was discovered by a fashion designer this fashion designer, you you stop me, right? I don't know. I mean, if you don't stop me, I just oh, yeah. go on. Keep going. I don't stop you until you finish your thought. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, because I I have no idea. Uh, in a way, um, it's it's great to talk to you and to to the U.S. listeners, uh, whoever it is. That's fantastic, but um, I I'm, I'm really don't know really, you know, <clears throat> what aspects I should bring in because I think really the film in itself says all in itself. But, um, yes, I think important is to know that she was discovered uh, uh, on the street. 
And uh, as a streetwalker, it's a little bit like Pretty Woman, the story, but it's uh, it's not uh, uh, this uh, business guy, this this rich business guy discovering this beautiful woman on the street, but it's uh, Ursula Rodel, this pioneer fashion designer, discovering this young, very young um, streetwalker, and she kind of like fall in love with her. And she started to create um, uh, clothes for her, design, and it changed the life of Irena Staub, of, of the protagonist of Glow, of the one who died early and young. And it also changed the life of Ursula Rodel, the fashion designer, who was as, uh, at that time um, internationally also renowned and worked for Catherine Deneuve and... Um, did really some, it, there is just now, we have an exhibition about her in Switzerland in the National uh, Museum. So it was kind of like this inspiration of two strong, beautiful, warm-hearted, great personalities, women, who were inspiring each other. The one who created yeah, the- and the one who wanted to sing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. In the yes. film, you do an, an incredible job of presenting Irene before before she even get into the story of things where she was became noted for just her attitude and her stature and her demeanor um, in the world was that of a star. And uh, my analogy with Marilyn Monroe is not to compare them looks-wise even though they were both beautiful, but more that external personality and holding an internal frailness that um, you kind of present in the film that Irene really was um, not competent internally and she was actually very insecure, but externally she lived life on her own terms. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you beauty beautifully. Uh, yeah, and she had this charisma. She had really this charisma, and you can see that in the film. And um, yes. Mm-hmm. If if you were directing this, writing and directing this as a not a documentary and not using archival footage, but casting actors to play these parts, um, who would you who would you put in Irene's role? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I couldn't tell you at the moment, really not. I, I mean, uh, because she was so unique, uh, I would have to look uh, really around. I, 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 I couldn't give you now a name, you know. It, it's like, yeah. uh, I, I mean, of course I would cast her. I would cast her as a very good actress. So, and uh, But uh, it's kind of hard to think about. For example... It, I think the energy is more important than the looks when you do a biographical casting. That's that's my personal opinion. But um, also Irena, she was she was tall. She was really tall. She was impressive when she entered the room. She kind of like filled it up because she was also tall. And I think that scared some people. So it was a real contrast between this strength on one side and this extreme fragility 
which she was so good to hide. She was so good to hide all of that. So, yes, whom would I cast? Do you have a suggestion? I think the reason... I would the, employ the a I very good is, casting person, yeah. <laughs> no, the reason I asked it is exactly what you said, because it's, it could not be a part. And this is really a tribute to what you developed within the documentary. She, as a character within the documentary, comes through so poignantly and with such dimension that to play that part, to your point, would have to be an exceptional actress but it would also have to be an actress that was exuding that charisma um, that you get from the actual person. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's like the, 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 the women I would throw up there uh, would be, you know, even potentially capable would be like a Scarlett Johansson or um, a Jennifer Lawrence, somebody who had the ability to, to project that kind of... Yeah. Um, charisma but even then it would it, it she's so unique it just that was the one of the things that I took away from the documentary was I can never forget her from what you presented uh, it's like she is she's burned in as, in my consciousness she's wow. so iconic um, oh god I and, think she would be so happy to hear that I mean, because as you know, she, she, you said it, she died too young, really too young, and that's another parallel with uh, Marilyn Monroe, because she died too young in the same age, actually, and the circumstances are not clear. And so when you say that that was also one reason, I thought she died too young and the tragedy behind and that she was so also treated badly by society and she, that she deserved more respect. It, I wanted to make her to come alive in this film. And, <clears throat> sorry. And um, so that's, that's what I tried, that she becomes alive and, and perhaps I achieved that a little bit when I listen to you, that would be great. <laughs> no, I, I think you aced that. I think that's, yeah, home run on that one. Um, pardon, pardon the American uh, analogy of baseball. But, um, yeah, you know, you, you, you totally um, got that. Um, Ursula Rodell, is, who you mentioned, the fashion designer, it plays a very prominent and very touching part throughout the documentary what was uh, the experience working with her and getting the story out of her? My experience to work with Ursula. Yeah. Or the, the experience of Ursula to work with Irena, because um, I think <clears throat> Ursula, um, to, to have her in the film, was very, very difficult. I I had to... I realized that she needs to be in the film, that she's a key person because without Ursula and and the other woman in this, um, but it was basically Ursula Rodel, I think Irina would not have gone on this way of becoming this, uh, yes, this um, to have this option to become a model, to to play in, in films, to... You know, all these things, she would not have had this chance probably. And 
And so I I knew I I wanted to to have her in the film, and and she said categorically no, and and uh, I I just waited and tried again, and and then over the time we got to know each other better, and because she said no, because also it was very hurtful for her, she didn't mm-hmm. want to go back in this memory it was um i think it's in the film catherine deneuve and and irena were the most important relations she had and uh, irena died and so she didn't want to go back there and um i could understand it but i said it's so important that you are in the film and and i needed one year and a half i had to wait and finally I I <laughs> I managed <laughs> and I think one one reason was we discovered that we could really relate very well together and um had some really good moments and had also I loved her sense of humor and of course also her her create her creation her creative spirit because she's a person who in a way what is in the film, I mean, she's, as you said, she's, she's um, very strong and very touching, and she was still alive. Um, now she, she died two years ago, I must say. So it was the last oh. appearance, yeah, she had. And she saw the film, and she, she, she loved it, and it was important for me. Uh, but, yeah, she died. And um, so... I, that that she you can see how she 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 loves Irena how she fights um, also that Irena is stopping this the sex work and the street working right and and with 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 the drugs and everything and how she doesn't achieve it she she doesn't nobody did and this is in. Yes, this is when I think you see that in the film um, that's something which is getting close and it's very important for me. The film has two main protagonists through that. It's her and it's Irena. Do you think um, in a way she is almost a victim of the time period that she existed? I, I just... One of the things that I walked away from reflecting on at the end of the film is if she was in the scene today, she would probably be what's known as an influencer. She'd probably have her own YouTube YouTube channel. Um, you know, she would probably do OnlyFans, you know, and there would be very little stigma over any kind of sexuality type aspect to her work which she seemed to have been very um, maligned for, you know, at the time. Um, Even though in the film I thought it was really fascinating that her, it wasn't really as sexual as you might think. It was, you know, she said, you know, she was paid for her personality. And, you know, it, um, you know, it was almost like her performing performance art with with people yeah um what what do you what do you think the modern arena would be like 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, I mean, too bad she she doesn't live anymore, so she could answer <laughs> this question, right? It's like I, um, yeah, I'm not sure if today um, women who are sex workers are respected much more. Um, it is not anymore, of course, the same as it was at that time. And it is a very complex topic. Uh, and I, 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 she probably would have more options to get out of this almost cage, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, she would have more options and also to make probably money in another way. Because what she, there are different things which are coming uh, now to to my head. Because there is one aspect which was very intriguing, is that she she was very early, like uh, like a foreshadowing of what's coming um, of the narcissistic age we are living in. Of course, in a way, she she is kind of a narcissist, and um, mm-hmm. and I know that some people got upset because of that, because I just let it be. And you see, it's you. It's like I'm seen, so I am. Like this this saying of of this philosopher Descartes, um, cogito ergo sum. I think, so I am, or I doubt, so I am. That has changed to I shop, so I am. I think it's a famous U.S. artist who said that in in some some artwork. And I think Irena is like I'm seen, so I am. And this is it has to do a lot with today, where we, a lot of times one thinks, do people exist if they are not seen anymore? Mm-hmm. And it is, and it takes away a lot of. The confidence, I think we, we lose some, some ground with that because, uh, um, how could I say that? So it's, it's Irena, she, she was very early in this um, almost consequently pulling it through and yeah, she might have become an influencer even that I doubt she was such a rebel <laughs> she was <laughs> it needs something that you can go to to what's the, uh, newton right the the the, right. the photographer the world famous that he he wants to shoot with you and she she just offends him because he treated her not right so not respectful and um she and so kind of like she lost this chance she didn't want it and so I'm not sure if what if she would have if she would have done it. It's it's an incredible. I would love to ask her. I mean, can you be yeah, an influencer and really be rebellious and and say, okay, uh, uh, but I'm not going to sell this this product, for example. Right. Um, I don't know. No, it's 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 an interesting question because that is actually something I was thinking about when I was watching your film was, you know, and not just her, but even her, the musician she was working with and the artist she was working with, 
none of them had the consciousness that people do today. You know, none of them were worried about how many followers do I have and, you know, how, how seen am I going yes. to be? They, you know, and that's a kind of a theme in the film is it is the work. We are doing this because we want to express this work without re- – I mean, it was really refreshing that it was done out of the integrity of the work and not seeking the, the, the fame that, that has become almost like a drug today where people yeah. are just thriving after that. So that, that it's so beautiful what you contrast. say. It's so beautiful what you say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It but, is uh, exactly it, this. This I think this is also something which really infected me in the beginning. This feeling like just doing, doing. Wow, go out and do, and create, and be again like this kids, right, playing creative. I think Boris Blank um, in the film from from the band Yellow. He also expresses it in a certain moment that it was out of this, like a child, right? You, 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 you just do it. You don't think about the success or whatever. Perhaps they didn't think enough about it. That's the, 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 the other side. They, yeah, they should have had the manager. <laughs> well, yeah, among other things. I mean, and certainly their rehab that uh, they, they, uh, she went to uh, probably could have been a little bit stronger and, and more careful. Um, she obviously was trying to, to break out of some of the, the destructiveness in, in, within her. Um, although one thing that the film alludes to, and I don't, I don't think we're giving anything away in talking about this, but um, her death is, seems to have some um, air, air of mystery around it. Um, yeah. It was coming in film that um, I think Ursula made a comment that she didn't believe that the way it was reported she died was actually how she died, um, that she thought she was murdered. Um, what What information did you come across in that area um, and why is it so mysterious? Um, because um, uh, when she died, the, uh, everybody was told it was an accident. And but it was already not clear at that time if it wasn't. A, she died on a motorcycle, driving on a motorcycle in Thailand, and. Um, and it was not clear already at that time because some people thought she might have made suicide. Mm. But the the thing is that uh, the ones who knew her better, they said, no, she didn't make suicide. Like her friend who is in the film, she just had fallen in love and and kind of like, why she she had all these plans? Why should she make suicide? And the accident theory always had this strange thing about because the, 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 it was not clear how it happened and the driver from the car, he was never found and the police never did a, a research. Whoa. And so, no, no, not really. And, and so there was a, a writer and journalist who wrote a book about her, Lady Shiva, 
uh, Willy Wotrang, and he actually um, he was also um, important because he did a lot of research, and um, he gave me access to this research. I always research very well. For me, that's very important. Even that, then there is just very very focused uh, in the film. I don't I don't tell a normal biography. I didn't want to do that. Uh, I just tell in fragments. That's about the thinnest way I did it. I did a lot of thinking. How could I do it? And um, because it, it's about somebody who is dead, and how can you approach somebody, somebody's life when this person is dead? And we, you, you can only tell it in fragments, I think, and leave certain things open. And so, mm-hmm. but I did a lot of research, and he. He told me, and he has it, I think, also in the book, I'm not sure, um, that he thinks on basis of the facts he did research, it might also have been a killing. And, and, and Ursula was convinced from the beginning that he was killed. And yeah. so, yes, there are facts that indicate that he was killed. So it's really an open question and that's really very similar to to other deaths it's not just like uh, for mystification it's really there and and people i think believe what they want to believe at the end and we thought about going there and do more research and then i thought no it's not um you cannot do everything right mm-hmm. it's it's and um also what i don't have in the film um, is her 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 childhood and her her because um, it is it was a very sad childhood in a way in one way in another she had also some family members who who helped her um, but um, it was a, a a sad childhood and she didn't want to talk about it and I met a friend of her who was with her in a, in a children's home where she was put. And she said they swear to each other that they never say a word about it. And Irena never talked about it. And so I thought, hmm, I had it in the first version in. And then I took everything out because I thought when you have that, it's, it's always like this. You say, aha, this is the explanation. Mm-hmm. And she's victimized, and she didn't want to be victimized because she came out of this. She took action. She she became her own actor, right? So she and and I took it out because of that, but also in respect to to her to her wish, but also because I thought, you know, you go out and aha, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. here we go again. And it's not like that. A lot have this kind of background, and they don't do the same as Irena, right? So it's, it's, uh, I wanted to have more space and more openness to find your own approach to, to her and to Ursula and to everybody in the film. And, uh, I, I think you important. made yes. perfect. Yeah, I think you made perfect choices on those because, like, I can see the stories. The the before story is a story of itself, and 
the mystery is a story of itself. And I, you can actually see by the personality that you presented in the film as it is, she is somebody who would get those kinds of attachments, that somebody would become so obsessed with her for various reasons that they would either want to own her or kill her. And, you know, that, that story could be there. But I love that you didn't distract from the core of the story that you did tell. Um, because I, I think it would, I think your instincts are, were just so right on. It presents this personality of this, you know, she, she leaps in the scene in the movie fully formed and we don't really need to know why she, how she became who she became. You know, it's like, it's fascinating who she was on its own. So it's like yeah. kudos on all your aesthetic choices. I think they, they, they made this, this film incredibly powerful. Um, I, Thank I, you. To, uh, mm-hmm. I, want, I want to pivot a little bit because we've been talking about the film and I need to let people know how do they see it? How pe- can people in the United States um, view the film? Where is it streaming? Yes, um, it is now, you know, thanks to um, my film distributor, first on features, um, Mark uh, Masseri, and the whole team, um, uh, they, they worked on a U.S. release, and uh, uh, perhaps you, 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 you heard we had a theatrical opening at the Lemley Cinemas in Los Angeles, which was fantastic. That was in June. And um, I love the Lemley Cinemas and that they're going on. I really admire so much that this is still happening because Art House Film is in a difficult situation in in the United States, I think more than in Europe, but everywhere. And so now there is the release on on um, Amazon, and um, I'm not sure. Um, would you? Uh, I, I think it's on Amazon now, and I'm sure it's on Amazon. But if it's somewhere else, uh, I'm not really sure. Well, I, I would have to check. But you can. I know it is I it's hope definitely it, on Amazon. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if if it's exclusively on Amazon for a while, but um yeah, there you can get it. Uh, you can see it. Stream it in the United States. In Europe it's different. In Europe we still have um it will be now then released. Um for Europe, I mean, it is already in Switzerland, and there is also DVD, but um, it will be for Europe and worldwide um, on some platforms. So, uh, yeah, I, I cannot say, well, I think, what I think about Amazon, so not openly. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. Yeah. I'm happy that the film is shown, but I must also say that my other film, Venus Boys, that was since many, many years on Amazon and it was on Netflix for many years and it was in cinemas and everywhere and on DVD and it was lately blocked this February 23 on Amazon for streaming, for offensive content. Can you imagine? Can I say that publicly? Is this live? I don't know. Is it live? Oh, God. well, well, actually, we, we, we are live, but we're, we're, uh, we 
we are listened to more via podcast. But uh, yeah, you can say that. Okay. Um, I can say that because I hope yeah. because I was so I couldn't believe it. I thought this is scandalous. Do we what is with these backlashes? I can't believe it. The film was is there. Venice Boys has become kind of a classic in its field and it, it is like ten, fifteen years. I, I, I don't know. And suddenly it's blocked for offensive content for streaming because we had a wonderful good new digitalization. And that's for the United States, right? And why? I mean, there were some reasons it looks like, but nobody before had a problem with it. And now suddenly it becomes a problem. I thought, what world are we going in now? Are things just reversed or what's happening here? And well, I was really that, upset, yeah. Yeah, that is happening. I mean, that's that's part of what is happening politically is that um, – these things are set up by algorithms and complaints, and we do have pockets of people that aren't a majority, but they're a minority that are targeting things like this. Um, I did want to ask you about Venice Boys. I didn't, I've not gotten the ability to see it, and now you pointed out part of the reason why that may be, <laughs> but um, it sounds fascinating. Tell us a little bit about that film. Oh, you know, yeah, it starts out, um, it's um, really, uh, uh, how do you say that, um, it's a, it's an odyssey through gender richness and options, starting out with uh, dragging and then going into more, um, um, more possibilities we had um, being a day for a night being a, uh, sorry sorry being a day for a night, being a man for a night being a man for for a lifetime and it's it's also about drag kinging right the woman who explore the masculine sides and um, all kind of whatever and going beyond so what it does it mean to be man, woman, male, female, and it came out in two thousand and one or two, so it was and I made it really I wanted that a lot of people see it, it that it is not just for the community um and um I try to really to open up for a richness of options to think about gender and oneself and humanity and yeah it is playful but also existential and some people came out and they said i don't know anymore what i am which was i thought really kind of uh, nice but today of course we confront in this other question because gender for me the, the, to play with it is one way of inspiration, but it's not just a play. It is existential. And, and so I go also in this, and, and it's important for me today to say that we need to be open towards all kinds of options. I see sometimes a lot of dogmatism, which is, occupy, it preoccupies me. And I, I did this film to against dogmatism, and now I realize that um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, 
It's difficult. But anyway, you could still buy it on Amazon as DVD, or you could buy it at first-run features, or I let it send to you. If you like, I ask um, Mark to to send a DVD. Well, I I would love to see it, but more importantly, I'd love people to go out and buy it. Because really what you're describing is the revived conversation, at least in the United States. And I think it's it's all over the world, you know, about gender. I mean, uh, people have been ignoring it, you know, as as people have been discovering – their non non binariness and and um, gender fluidity, but because of the political climate right now, there's become this huge backlash. So I think the conversation is is probably more important than it ever has been. Um, and I I would love yeah. to see, you know, what what you present on that. Um, what what is ahead for you? What are you working on now? What are your projects that that we're going to see in the future. Yeah, one one is a feature film which is um, starting out. It's a it's a, a, a story which is starting out of a scandalous uh, case we have in Switzerland, the Me Too case, and it's but it's um, it's a, a, I do a detective story um, with uh, yeah. And I, I cannot say too much about it, but I think it's going to be exciting. The only problem is that already again, in, in for example, Venus Boys, I had a lot of problems with financing because it was too risky for some people. Because also the way I do films is not like I should. I probably do films. I don't know. It's um, it's. Uh, and and now this 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 needs some some courage to do this film for certain reasons. So we will see. I hope I hope very much that I get the financing. I write with an exciting um, co-author who is very good um, and very successful. So let's hope it's going to work out. Uh, and it has to do also about this that when it's coming to me too a lot of people now say we are tired of it and it's kind of like aha yeah that's it but it's 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 going on and the worst Mm -hmm. thing is it's going on and on and we are tired of it and when it's coming close to us we close the eyes Right. And I think we need just to go. So it cannot be that it's just going on and on and we close the eyes. So it's also film about closing the eyes and the omerta. And um, this this is like in the heart. And it's actually going out from a real case. And it's between fact and fiction, which which always interested me as a form. And yes, I think it is important that to 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 take that as a topic, but to also to tell stories that are essential and that are touching us, and we can laugh in it. It's going to be also tragic comic. I think in all my films, even that they're sad, 
sometimes or existential you can love because I it's so important, no? That we have yeah, at no, a certain moment. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean, and that 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 is very true in glow. I mean it's it's not that there's riotous out loud laughter, but it is amusing and charming and and tragic and you know all mixed together um uh, gabrielle unfortunately we are out of time today i i am really okay. keeping my fingers crossed on your new project because i think it sounds fascinating what you were able to share oh, with God, us oh yeah. god um, great and can I you please tell people... producers there <laughs> because they should <laughs> well, also be well, producers <laughs> yeah, I'll spread, spread yeah. the word but i do want people to go out and by hook or by crook, find Venice Boys and order it, get it on DVD. I definitely want to watch it. Um, but absolutely go stream Glow. Um, you will absolutely not be sorry. That is just a stunning, stunning film. Um, so congratulations on that. And, um, yeah, and uh, keep us posted on the new project because I can't wait yeah. to uh, see and hear, hear more about it. Unfortunately, thank that you so much. Us. Yeah, thank oh, you thank so you. much. Thank you. That's mm. Our pleasure, yeah. and thank you. Now, and thank yeah. you to our listeners. We we love you, and we're so glad yes. you're here with us today. Definitely, also, yes. And and read the LA Blade. You can find that on LosAngelesBlade.com. Um, that's it for us for today, and we will be talking to you again very very soon. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio.